When our two boys were growing up, most of our family vacations were planned around attending a professional sporting event someplace. Baseball, football, hockey, golf. One summer, we went to Stone Mountain just outside of Atlanta. And while our youngest son, our oldest son, Thad, is a huge baseball fan and wanted to see a Braves game, our youngest son, Theo, at that time, pretty much all he was doing was playing golf because he was on the high school golf team and hoped to play in college a year or two after that. So with limited time that we had there, I suggested to Laura that we should divide and conquer. She would take Thad to the baseball game and I would take Theo golfing. Now, what you need to know about my wife is she has absolutely no interest in sports whatsoever. I have to give her credit, though, that uh, she has been a great sport, no pun intended, that over the years we have drug her to all kinds of games, and it's kind of become a family joke that mom's okay to go along as long as she has a book to read. So while she wasn't excited about going to the baseball game, she took Thad to the Braves game, and I went golfing with Theo. As Theo and I were completing the back nine, it was looking like it was going to rain just about any time. And sure enough, there was a two-hour rain delay at the baseball game. But that's not all that happened at the game that day. Not only was there a two-hour rain delay, but at the bottom of the ninth inning, the score was tied, and so it went into extra innings. Eight extra innings <laughs> for a total of 17 innings before that game was over. Now, just imagine if you don't like sports, and there's a two-hour rain delay and 17 innings of baseball, I think I'm still paying for the fact that she went to that game. And I suspect that probably countless times through the day, Laura probably said to herself, what in the world am I doing here? And you know, maybe for a variety of different reasons, any one of us have probably asked ourselves a similar question before. Maybe it was because of a particular situation you were in. Or maybe it was a time when you struggled to find your place or purpose in life. Or maybe even as Jesus followers, when you look at some of the bizarre things happening in the world around us, maybe even as a church we ask ourselves the question, what in the world are we doing here? Well, looking at today's reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think the Apostle Paul actually has some things to say to us about that, specifically as a church. And I think the first thing Paul says here is that as the people of God, as a church, we are the reason we are here is to see other people the way Jesus sees them. You see, on the one hand, every one of us, every single one of us are sinful, 
imperfect people. That's exactly how God sees us. Sometimes we use the words of 1 John chapter 1 in our confession of sins in our worship because in verse 8, John says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In other words, if anybody thinks that there's no sin or depravity or offense or transgression in our lives, then we are only fooling ourselves. But it's because of that that Paul says in our reading that God reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. God sees exactly what is in our life. But God doesn't want that to be what stays in our life. It's why we receive God's forgiveness. It's why reconciliation has happened between God and his people. And that's why the message of forgiveness, the message of reconciliation through Jesus, that's why we are here. It's what the church has to offer. It's the business that the church is in communicating the forgiveness of sins, the reconciliation of God's people through Christ. God reconciled the world, you and me, to himself through Jesus, and he's given us that task of reconciliation for others. Can you imagine? Can you imagine for a moment? And hopefully we all grasp this in our own life, but can you imagine someone burdened and weighed down by guilt and shame and regret in their life? Imagine the difference it makes hearing, not counting your sins against you. It's huge. The church is given a ministry of reconciling people back to a right relationship with God. That means seeing other people the way Jesus sees them, which is why he came here. You know, it's all too easy for us to look at people and to look at people's behaviors or lifestyles or beliefs or choices and label them. But how does God see people? God sees them, he sees all of us, as people Jesus came to reconcile to a right relationship with him. God sees everybody as people who he came for. That's why Paul says it this way in our reading. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. I kind of like the way the translation reads, or the version, the paraphrase, I should say, reads in the message by Eugene Peterson. He says in those verses, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start as created new. In other words... If we just look at people's behaviors and lifestyles only from a worldly standpoint, then we probably would never get beyond labeling people. And if that's all we do, then we forget about what Paul says here 
that God has given to us a ministry of reconciliation, of sharing forgiveness. One of the reasons the church is here is not to escape from everything that is happening around us, but rather to see the people around us as the people that Jesus came for. And why would we do that? Well, Paul tells us in this reading, because Christ's love compels us. Jesus sees a world that needs reconciliation, and so we are here to see people around us as the people that Jesus came here for. That's why the church is here. But I would say another reason why the church is here is for Jesus to change and transform our lives. In verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, For if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Yes, Jesus has reconciled us to a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. He's delivered to us the forgiveness of our sins. That's why it's called a new birth. That's why it's called a new beginning. That's why we are called new creation. God is at work changing and transforming our lives. You know, sometimes people have the misconception that before you can come to God, you have to clean up your life first. But that's not the way it works. God loves you and me just the way we are. But he loves us too much to let us stay that way. If you're a believer in Jesus and you struggle with some kind of an addiction in your life, God wants you to deal with that addiction. If you are a believer in Jesus, and the kind of language you use on a daily basis would probably be bleeped out of most shows, God wants you to make a change there. If you are a believer in Jesus, but your lifestyle choices directly contradict what God's Word says, God wants you to make some changes in your lifestyle. If you are a believer in Jesus, but you are always rude and abrasive to other people around you, God wants you to change how you treat others. God loves you and me just the way we are. But He loves us too much believe us that way. We tend to use the language here at St. Michael of the words become, belong, and bless. And I kind of look at these as the three pillars of how we want to carry out our mission here as a church. What I like about the word become is that it points to the fact That even though you're a baptized child of God, even though you are forgiven and reconciled through Jesus Christ, God still wants us to become more and more and more like him. And to become more like Jesus happens by transforming and changing our life, and that's what the work of the church is all about. Why am I here? Why are any of us here? Even though Jesus does love you just the way you are, he loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. Jesus changes and transforms our lives. And the reason for that 
is so that we can carry out what Paul says next, that we are Christ's ambassadors. Do you realize what an ambassador is? An ambassador is someone who represents the interests of the king. If you're an ambassador of another country, you are there representing the interests of the king or the president or the leader of the land where you came from. And as much as you and I might think earth is our home, it's not really our permanent home. Jesus says in John chapter 15, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Jesus said in the gospel reading today from John 17, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. In Hebrews 13, we read, for this world is not our home. We are looking forward to an everlasting home in heaven. In Philippians 3, we read, our citizenship is in heaven. Earth is not our permanent home. But while we're here, We are here to be ambassadors of Christ, representing not our interests, but the interests of our King, our Savior, our Lord. If you look around at our culture these days, if you follow anything on the news or on social media, if you have any kind of pulse on what's going on in our world, there are some really bizarre beliefs and behaviors and agendas and and practices that are attempting to be normalized in our society. And so I think one of the reasons the church is here is to be an ambassador for Christ to represent and to speak about and even at times defend the interest of our Creator and our Savior and our Redeemer. And because that's why we're here, because that's what God has called us to do, I think one of the other reasons we are here as we go about living as ambassadors is to live boldly and with confidence as the very ambassadors that Christ has created here. Paul says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I want to encourage you to not forget who you are in your relationship with God. Don't forget what God has said about who you are. Don't let somebody else or some other agenda define who you are. You are a child of God. You are a man or woman of God who has been given the righteousness of God in your life, and that means you are forgiven. You are accepted. You are received. You are reconciled. You are loved through Jesus Christ. And it seems like more and more these days, The truth of God's word is just being challenged from every side. But even though that's happening, all the more reason for you and me to boldly and with confidence defend the truth, speak the truth, live the truth. That's why we're here. 
especially now. I suspect that there are times in life and as an individual believer in Christ and as a church that we probably scratch our head a little bit and say, what in the world's going on here? But I think God's word tells us why we're here. One of the family trips that we took a number of years ago was in 2005 to see the Detroit Lions play on Thanksgiving Day. Now, if you are a diehard Lions fan, I, will, I should apologize to you, but, well, I really won't. <laughs> they were horrible. They were absolutely horrible at that time. And it was probably because the home team played so badly that day that about half the stadium cleared out at halftime. But we had traveled from Florida to Detroit to see that game. There's no way we were going to leave early. So we're sitting in the stands in halftime. Laura's reading her book. (laughs) A group of guys were about three rows behind us, and they shouted down, Hey, lady, what are you reading? She turned around, showed them her book, and she turned back around. And about at that point, I heard one of the guys behind us say, Boy, I sure wish I'd have brought a book. (laughs) I suspect, even as perhaps a diehard Lions fan that day, he was wondering to himself, What in the world am I doing here? And maybe there's times where we question that ourselves. Maybe there's times when we even ask ourselves that that question as a church. But when we do, I think God's word has a pretty clear answer to that. We are here to see other people the way Jesus sees them. We are here for Jesus to change and transform our lives We are here so that we can represent the interest of our King and our Savior and our Lord as His ambassadors, and we are here to live boldly and with confidence because of the righteousness that God has won for you through Jesus Christ. Never lose perspective on why you're here until the Lord returns again. Amen.